Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 106. Today, as we uh, continue to see some of the preparations that David makes for the temple, uh, what he puts in place for that, we also come across Psalm 78, which is a story of God's redemption, his saving his people time and time again. And the question that the Old Testament in one sense constantly leaves us with is, how can God keep forgiving people who keep sinning against him? And the answer we find in the New Testament, in particular today in Romans chapter 5, uh, which is what we've entitled our episode today with, and that is, while we were still sinners. And we'll see what God does while we are still sinners in our passages today. But we begin with First Chronicles chapter 22. Then David said, This is the place where the temple of the Lord God will be, along with the altar for burnt sacrifices for Israel. David ordered the resident foreigners in the land of Israel to be called together. He appointed some of them to be stonecutters to chisel stones for the building of God's temple. David supplied a large amount of iron for the nails of the doors of the gates for the, and for braces, for more, more bronze than could be weighed, and more cedar logs than could be counted. The Sidonians and Tyranians had brought a large amount of cedar logs to David. David said, My son Solomon is just an inexperienced young man, and the temple to be built for the Lord must be especially magnificent so it will become famous and be considered splendid by all the nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for its construction. So David made extensive preparations before he died. He summoned his son Solomon and charged him to build a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I really wanted to build a temple to honor the Lord my God, but this was the Lord's message to me. You have spilled a great deal of blood and fought many battles. You must not build a temple to honor me, for you have spilled a great deal of blood on the ground before me. Look, you will have a son who will be a peaceful man. I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. Indeed, Solomon will be his name. I will give Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He will build a temple to honor me. He will become my son, and I will become his father. I will grant him his dynasty. I will grant to his dynasty permanent rule over Israel. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you. May you succeed and build a temple for the Lord your God, just as he announced you would. Only may the Lord give you insight and understanding when he places you in charge of Israel, so you may obey the law of the Lord your God. Then you will succeed. If you carefully obey the rules and regulations which the Lord ordered Moses to give to Israel, be strong and brave. Don't be afraid and don't panic. Now look, I have made every effort to supply what is needed to build the Lord's temple. I have stored up 100,000 talents of gold, 1 million talents of silver, and so much bronze and iron it cannot be weighed, as well as wood and stones. Feel free to add more. You also have available many workers, including stonecutters, masons, carpenters, and an innumerable array of workers who are skilled in using gold, silver, bronze, and iron. Get up and begin the work. May the Lord be with you. David ordered all the officials of Israel to support his son Solomon. He told them, The Lord your God is with you. He has made you secure on every side, for he handed over to me the inhabitants of the region, and the region is subdued before the Lord and his people. 
Now seek the Lord your God wholeheartedly and with your entire being. Get up and build the sanctuary of the Lord God. Then you can bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and the holy items dedicated to God's service into the temple that is built to honor the Lord. When David was old and approaching the end of his life, he made his son Solomon king over Israel. David assembled all the leaders of Israel along with the priests and the Levites. The Levites, who were 30 years old and up, were counted. There were 38,000 men. David said, Of these, 24,000 are to direct the work of the Lord's temple. 6,000 are to be officials and judges. 4,000 are to be gatekeepers. And 4,000 are to praise the Lord with instruments I supplied for worship. David divided them into groups corresponding to the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The Gershonites included Ladan and Shimei. The sons of Laden, Jahil, the oldest, Jetham, or Zetham, and Joel, three in all. The sons of Shimei, Shelamoth, Haziel, and Haran, three in all. These were the leaders of the family of Laden. The sons of Shimei, Jehath, Zena, and Jehush, and Bariah, these were the Shimei's sons, four in all. Jehath was the oldest, and Zehah was the second oldest. Jerush and Bariah did not have many sons, so they were considered one family with one responsibility. The sons of Kohath, Amram, Izar, Hebron, and Aziel, four in all. The sons of Amram, Aaron, and Moses. Aaron and his descendants were chosen on a permanent basis to consecrate the most holy items, to offer sacrifices before the Lord, to serve him, and to praise his name. The descendants of Moses, the man of God, were considered Levites. The sons of Moses, Gershom and Eliezer. The son of Gershom, Shebuel, the oldest. The son of Eliezer was Rahabiah, the oldest. Eliezer had no other sons, but Rabiah had many descendants. The sons of Ishar, Shelameth the oldest. The sons of Hebron, Jeriah the oldest, Amariah the second, Jehaziel the third, and Jechamim the fourth. The sons of Aziel, Micah the oldest, and Ishiah the second. The sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi. The sons of Mali, Eliezer and Kish. Eliezer died without having sons. He only had daughters. The sons of Kish, their cousins, married them. The sons of Mushi, Malhi, Eder, and Jeremoth, three in all. These were the descendants of Levi, according to their families, that is, the leaders of their families, as counted individually, listed who carried out assigned tasks in the Lord's temple and were twenty years old and up. For David had said, The Lord God of Israel has given his people rest and has permanently settled in Jerusalem. So the Levites no longer need to carry the tabernacle or any of the items used in its service. According to David's final instructions, the Levites twenty years and old or older were counted. Their job was to help Aaron's descendants in the service of the Lord's temple. They were to take care of the courtyards, the rooms, the ceremonial purification of all holy items and other jobs relative to the service of God's temple. They also took care of the bread that is, in, that is displayed, the flour for offerings, the unleavened wafers, the, fa- the round cakes, the mixing, and all the measuring. They also stood in a designated place every morning and offered thanks and praise to the Lord. They also did this in the evening and whenever burnt sacrifices were offered to the Lord on the Sabbath and at the new moon festival and assemblies. A designated number were to serve before the Lord regularly in accordance with regulations. They were in charge of meeting the meeting tent and the holy place and helped their relatives, the descendants of Aaron, in the service of the Lord's temple. The divisions of Aaron's descendants were as follows. The sons of Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Nadab and Abihu died before their father did. They had no sons. Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests. David, Zadok, a descendant of Eleazar, and Ahimelech divided them into groups to carry out their assigned responsibilities. 
The descendants of Eliezer had more leaders than the descendants of Ithamar, so they divided them up accordingly. The descendants of Eliezer had sixteen leaders, while the descendants of Ithamar had eight. They divided them by lots, for they are officials of the holy place and officials designated by God among the descendants of both Eliezer and Ithamar. The scribe Shemaiah, son of Nathanael, a Levite, wrote down the names before the king, the officials, Zadok the priest, Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, and the leaders of the priestly and Levite families. One family was drawn by Lot from Eliezer, and then the next from Ithamar. The first Lot went to Jehoriab, the second to Jejiah, the third to Harim, the fourth to Zeroim, the fifth to Malchijah, the sixth to Majinim, the seventh to Hegos, the eighth to Abijah, the ninth to Jeshua, the tenth to Jeconiah, the eleventh to Eliashib, the twelfth to Jakim, the thirteenth to Hupa, the fourteenth to Jeshiba, the fifteenth to Bilgah, the sixteenth to Immer, the seventeenth to Hezer, the eighteenth to Hapipiz, the nineteenth to Pathathiah, the twentieth to Jekasail, the twenty-first to Jakin, the twenty-second to Gamul, the twenty-third to Delial, the twenty-fourth to Maziah. This was the order in which they were carried out in their assigned responsibilities when they entered the Lord's temple, according to the regulations given them by their ancestor Aaron, just as the Lord God had instructed is had instructed him. The rest of the Levites included Shabul from the sons of Amram, Jediah from the sons of Jabul, the firstborn Isha from Rabbiah, and the sons of Rabbiah. Shelomoth from the Israelites, Jahath and the sons of Shelomoth, the sons of Hebron, Jeriah, Amariah the second, Jasahiel the third, and Jechamim the fourth. The son of Aziel, Micah, Shamir the sons of Micah, the brother of Micah, Ishai, Zechariah from the sons of Ishai, the sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi, the son of Jaziel, Beno, the sons of Merari from Jezah, Beno, Shoham, Zakur, and Ibri, from Mali, Eliezer, who had no sons, from Kish, Jeremiel, the sons of Mushi, Mali, Eder, and Jeremoth. These were the Levites listed by their families. Like their relatives, the descendants of Aaron, they also cast lots before the before King David, Zadok, Ahimelech, and the leaders of the families, the priests, and the Levites. The families of the oldest son cast lots with those of the youngest. David and the army officers selected some of the sons of Asaph, Haman, and Jaduthan to prophesy as they played string instruments and cymbals. The following men were assigned to this responsibility. From the sons of Asaph, Zachar, Joseph, Nathaniah, uh, and Azarah. The sons of Asaph were supervised by Asaph, who prophesied under the king's supervision. From the sons of Jaduthan, Jedaliah, Zeri, Jeshiah, Hashabiah, and Mattathiah, six in all, under the supervision of their father Jaduthan, who prophesied as he played a harp, giving thanks and praise to the Lord. From the sons of Haman, Bukiah, Mataniah, Aziel, Shebuel, Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliathoth, Gidathai, Romatai Ezer, Joshabagasha, Amalhalathi, Horath, and Mahaziath. All these were the sons of Haman, the king's prophet. God had promised him these sons in order to make him prestigious. God gave Haman fourteen sons and three daughters. All these were under the supervision of their fathers. They were musicians in the Lord's temple, playing cymbals and stringed instruments as they served in God's temple. Asaph, Jaduthan, and Haman were under the supervision of the king. They and their relatives, all of them skilled and trained to make music to the Lord, numbered 288. 
They cast lots to determine their responsibilities, oldest as well as youngest, teacher as well as student. The first lot went to Asaph's son, Joseph, and his relatives and sons, 12 in all. The second to Jedaliah and his relatives and his sons, 12 in all. The third to Zachar and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The fourth to Isri and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The fifth to Nathaniah and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The sixth to Bukiah and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The seventh to Jeshurelal and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The eighth to Jeshiah and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The ninth to Mataniah and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The tenth to Shimei and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The eleventh to Azarel and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The twelfth to Hashbaiah and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The thirteenth to Shubiel and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The fourteenth to Mattathiah and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The fifteenth to Jeremoth and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The sixteenth to Hananiah and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The seventeenth to Joshebashaka and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The eighteenth to Hanani and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The nineteenth to Malathai and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The twentieth to Alathithath and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The twenty-first to Hother and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The twenty-second to Jedalti, to Jedalti and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. The twenty-third to Mahaziath and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. And the twenty-fourth to Roma T. Ezer and his sons and relatives, 12 in all. Sometimes maybe as you hear all these names being read and you kind of get lost in it all, I think the thing that strikes me, and maybe it struck you as well, is that God knows us by name. He knows all these people. They're mentioned by name. And they're mentioned because I think in one sense, God wants us to realize that he knows us and he knows us by name and he has specific jobs for each person, gifts that he gives to each person. And we see these gifts being used in the Old Testament. We see these gifts being described in the New Testament. And all of this reminds us that we have a personal God that we serve and that we're called to worship. But now we're going to move to Psalm 78, a psalm that recounts in the history of the people of Israel the ways that God has been saving and rescuing them over and over again. And this is written by one of the men that we just mentioned, Asaph. Psalm 78, a well-written song by Asaph. Pay attention, my people, to my instruction. Listen to the words I speak. I will sing a song that imparts wisdom. I will make my insightful observations about the past. What we have heard and learned, that which our ancestors have told us, we will not hide from their descendants. We will tell the next generation about the Lord's praiseworthy acts, about his strength and the amazing things he has done. He established a rule in Jacob. He set up a law in Israel. He commanded our ancestors to make his deeds known to, to their descendants, so that the next generation, children yet to be born, might know about them. They will grow up and tell their descendants about them. Then they will place their confidence in God. They will not forget the works of God, and they will obey his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, who were stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that was not committed and faithful to God. The Ephraimites were armed with bows, but they retreated in the day of battle. They did not keep their covenant with God, and they refused to obey his law. They forgot what they had done, the amazing things that he had shown them. He did amazing things in the sight of their ancestors in the land of Egypt in the region of Zoan. He divided the sea and led them across it. He made the water stand in a heap. He led them with a cloud by day and with a light of fire all night long. He broke upon the rocks in the wilderness and gave them enough water to fill the depths of the sea. He caused streams to flow from the rock and made the water flow like rivers. 
Yet they continued to sin against him and rebelled against the Most High in the desert. They willfully challenged God by asking for food to satisfy their appetite. They insulted God by saying, Is God really able to give us food in the wilderness? Yes, he struck a rock and water flowed out, streams gushed forth. But can he also give us food? Will he provide meat for his people? When the Lord heard this, he was furious. A fire broke out against Jacob and his anger flared up against Israel because they did not have faith in God and did not trust his ability to deliver them. He gave a command to the clouds above and opened the doors in the sky. He rained down manna for them to eat. He gave them grain from heaven. Man ate the food of the mighty ones. He sent them more than enough to eat. He brought the east wind through with this... He brought the east wind through the sky and by his strength led forth the south wind. He rained down meat on them like dust, birds as numerous as the sand on the seashores. He caused them to fall right in the middle of the camp all around their homes. They ate until they were beyond full. He gave them what they desired, yet they were not filled up. Their food was still in their mouths when the anger of God flared up against them. He killed some of the strongest of them. He brought the young men of Israel to their knees. Despite all this, they continued to sin and did not trust him to do the things, to do amazing things. So he caused them to die unsatisfied and filled with terror. When he struck them down, they sought his favor. They turned back and longed for God. They remembered that God was their protector and that God most high was their deliverer. But they deceived him with their words and lied to him. They were not really committed to him and they were unfaithful to his covenant. Yet he is compassionate. He forgives sin and does not destroy He often holds back his anger and does not stir up his fury. He remembered that they were made of flesh and they were like a wind that blows past and does not return. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and insulted him in the wastelands. They again challenged God and offended the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember what he had done, how he had delivered them from the enemy when he had performed his awesome deeds in Egypt and his acts of judgment in the region of Zoan. He turned their rivers into blood and they could not drink from the streams. He sent swarms of biting insects against them, as well as frogs that overran their land. He gave their crops to the grasshopper, the fruit of their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with driving rain. He rained hail down on their cattle and hurled lightning bolts down on their livestock. His raging anger lashed out against them. He sent fury, fury, rage, and trouble as messengers who bring disaster. He sent his anger in full force. He did not spare them from death. He handed their lives over to destruction. He struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, the first fruits of their reproductive power in the tents of Ham. Yet he brought out his people like sheep. He led them through the wilderness like a flock. He guided them safely along, and they were not afraid. But the sea covered their enemies. He brought them to the border of his holy land, to this mountainous land that his right hand acquired. He drove the nations out from before them. He assigned them for their tribal allotments and allowed the tribes of Israel to settle down. Yet they challenged and defied God Most High and did not obey His commands. They were unfaithful and acted as treacherously as their ancestors. They were as unreliable as a malfunctioning bow. They made Him angry with their pagan shrines and made Him jealous with their idols. God heard and was angry. He completely rejected Israel. He abandoned the sanctuary at Shiloh, the tent where He lived among them. He allowed the symbol of his strong presence to be captured. He gave the symbol of his splendor into the hand of the enemy. He delivered his people over to the sword and was angry with his chosen nation. Fire consumed their young men and their virgins remained unmarried. Their priests fell by the sword, but their widows did not weep. But then the Lord awoke from his sleep. He was like a warrior in a drunken rage. He drove his enemies back. He made them a permanent target for insults. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. 
He chose the tribe of Judah and Mount Zion, which he loves. He made his sanctuary as enduring as the heavens above, as secure as the earth, which he established permanently. He chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. He took him away from following the mother sheep and made him the shepherd of Jacob, his people, and of Israel, his chosen nation. David cared for them with pure motives. He led them with skill. And we conclude today with Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained access into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of God's glory. Not only this, but we also rejoice in sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person perhaps someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, because we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from God's wrath. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, since we have been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Not only this, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. So then, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all people because all sinned, for before the law was given, sin was in the world, but there is no accounting for sin where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who did not sin in the same way that Adam, who was a type of the one coming, transgressed. But the gracious gift is not like the transgression. For if the many died through the transgression of one man, how much more did the grace of God and the gift by that grace of the one man Jesus Christ multiply to the many? And the gift is not like the one who sinned. For judgment resulting from the one transgression led to condemnation. But the gracious gift from the many failures led to justification. For if, by the transgression of the one man, death reigned through the one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life of the one, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as condemnation for all people came through one transgression, so too, through the one righteous act, came righteousness leading to life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man many were constituted sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, many will be constituted righteous. Now the law came in so that the transgression may increase, but where sin increased, grace multiplied all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And what a wonderful, I just repeat that one phrase, God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you really want to know whether God loves you or not, that is one of the greatest pieces of evidence there ever could be, that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Put your trust in him. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. 
Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.